Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Hi, I'm Georgie, and this is Doing the Most and Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, we have our very special get, guest, who's also a podcast host, author, serial entrepreneur, Matt Lebris. Could you please give us an introduction about who you are and what you do on a daily? Certainly. But before I even do that, I just want to express my gratitude to you for allowing me to have this platform and share it with you. So I'm most definitely grateful to be here with you today. Uh, yeah. So who is Matt Labrice? What does Matt Labrice do on a day-to-day basis? First and foremost, uh, my goal is to positively impact the lives of 1 billion people. So there's multiple ways that I go about doing that. Uh, very large task. When you think about it, it's an eighth of the world, but by <laughs> all means, I feel like I'm going to do it. And I've been chopping at the tree ever since. Like you mentioned, I do host a podcast called Decoding Success, where I interview successful individuals to kind of paint the picture that there's no longer a secret to success, even and there probably never was, right? All mm-hmm. the answers are out there. There's amazing books, just like your book that's out there. And it says, <laughs> hey, like this is what I've done to be able to become successful, you know? Uh, on top of that, I travel the country speaking at corporations, colleges, universities, seminars, workshops, events. You name it, I'm speaking there as long as, you know, uh, it's on my topics and things of that nature, which is what really fuels me and what I'm really passionate about. Aside from that, I just launched a branding business for the past two and a half years. I've worked with Damon John of Shark Tank, working on his personal branding initiatives. And I felt like I wanted to do more. So I'm helping other individuals and other businesses in regards to helping them find their voice and differentiate themselves from the pack. Because in reality, a lot of us are swimming in bloody water and that's okay. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Just how can you differentiate yourself and help people find their voice? So that is the quickest way to sum up what I do on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. So road to a billion. How has that been going? Like how, what is the most, key thing about hitting that billion like what what made you inspired to want to be um touching all these different people so the first time i ever spoke publicly was at nassau community college in long island uh, it was, nassau. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally one year after i graduated college not even it was literally just a couple months after i graduated college and i was kind of feeling like this imposter syndrome as to why would i be the one being asked to speak at this college Yet I took the opportunity regardless because as I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs do, we never say no, Um, (laughs) which which could be something that backfires. But I took the opportunity and I remember I delivered the keynote and I just kept saying to myself during it, wow, this sucks. Wow, this sucks. Wow, this sucks. Yet it sucks so much that all 65 students I spoke to came up to me after and told me how great it was. (laughs) In the process of that, what was happening was so weird. And the best way for me to describe it was that it was almost as if a girl was giving me butterflies, you know, like that butterfly feeling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was just like, wow, like, this is what my passion seems to be. And I I felt like I just, I can't speak publicly every day. Like I wish I could, but (laughs) there's, you know, there's not that many events going on. Uh, I don't fit every event that is going on. So I'm like, how else can I do this? And I realized that like through mentorships, like mm-hmm. uh, volunteering, I'm volunteering for three mentorship programs right now. 
um, really amazing programs. One called iMentor. I just met my mentee. He was a 16 year old uh, individual from the city. He's a high school student, like just totally, totally amazing program. So like through mentorship and through a podcast and through hopping on your podcast and through writing eBooks and putting out blogs and putting out social media content and all these things, it really adds up to impact, you know, and that's, way mm -hmm. beyond just having general conversations with individuals I come across, you know? So that's kind of how I came about it. And I was just like, you know what, let me set the standard high for myself so I don't slack off because I'm one that when I publicize something and, you know, put it out into the world and say, Hey, like, I want to do this. And I put my back up against the wall. I'm the type <laughs> of person that gets it done. So I, I've been on the journey ever since. Yes, getting it done is truly the key. And you said ever since, right? Let's talk a little bit about your first business that you launched at a very young age, as you were telling me um, before. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like what made you want to start this business? Was it like family? Was it something that you loved? Could you just talk a little bit more about that? So there were two businesses that I launched. I'm not sure what you're referring to. One, the was... restaurant is what I'm directly <laughs> referring to. But you could you could talk to me about um you could talk to me about both. Let's hear about both. So at, at legit at 12 years old, I'll never forget this because I was only punished one time in my life, and it was <laughs> after that. But at 12 years old, I thought it would be a good idea, and I can't just take full credit. It was definitely my neighbor as well. You know, we were the same age. We always hung out. And, um, you know, one day we were just like, let's do this, you know, <laughs> like we were always asking our parents for money, like, hey, mom, hey, dad, can I get money to go buy a pack of baseball cards? Or can I get a money, uh, money to go buy a pack of uh, Pokemon cards? Or, hey, can I get money to go eat at Wendy's? Like, we were just always asking for money. So we always thought, like, how can we make money? Now, when it wasn't snowing and we couldn't shovel people's houses and it was the summertime, what were we supposed to do? You know, at that young of an age you can't really work anywhere you know like my, my parents didn't own businesses so like I couldn't work for my family's business so one day like both of our parents came home from grocery shopping at the same exact time <laughs> and it just came about and we were like you know what let's start selling our parents groceries <laughs> so that's exactly what we started to do we started to you know, and we, we also don't have a lot of patrons that walk up and down our block. You know, it's kind of a, a secluded block. It's not a busy street like, you know, Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. It's, it's a Queens street, you know, it's, it's the suburbs. And what we did, we set up shop right outside of our house. And, you know, he lived down the block. We're outside of my house. We were going back and forth. We were putting chips and salsa in uh, like a, a styrofoam bowl and we had we had that on trays we had cut up apples on trays and we were just like literally and i like i said this is barely lasted a week this might have lasted just a weekend i don't remember that perfectly but uh what made me want to start this was just the fact that i wanted money you know like uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say that there was anything else fueling it aside from the fact that i i knew that there was some way shape or form that i would be able to create some sort of income for myself uh and i just did it you know so uh that's what it came down to nice nice and what about the um repercussions from that business what you know did your parents get mad like did you guys make a good amount of money like what was the wins or losses from that first business yeah i mean the the wins were definitely the fact that it it spurred or instilled something inside of me that made me realize that i can create my future you know, and I, 
I think from such a young age, don't get me wrong, I didn't always act on that that notion or that mantra, but from such a young age that was instilled inside of me and still today, like my favorite quote is by Peter Drucker, you know, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt like that was the number one takeaway, the number, you know, and then in regard to the repercussions, you know, uh, I was punished. Like I said, it was the first time I was ever punished in my life. Um, a little bit of a spoiled child, you know, there were probably some other times I should have been punished, but yeah, my parents were not happy about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's coming home expecting dinner to ingredients to be there. It's like, what's going on? All right, cool. And what was the um, other business that you started at a pretty young age? Yeah, so at 17, I got involved in the event industry, and this was a lot more serious than that restaurant. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have always surrounded myself with individuals that were striving for more in life and it just so happened that these individuals were older than me so Mm -hmm. uh the event scene here in new york whether you're in manhattan and queens brooklyn wherever you are and i'm discluding staten island and the bronx (laughs) from that conversation wow (laughs) really i'm from the bronx wow okay okay (laughs) (laughs) no but seriously like uh you know i wasn't able to get into these you know, these spots that I was trying to go into and things of that nature. And then finally, I got to a point where I was offered an opportunity to work on a party. And I said, okay, cool. Like it was a cool event. It was a social event. And I was to be promoting my quote unquote 18th birthday, which was really my 17th birthday. And I made $277 and I didn't even show up. So what that did for me was again, kind of instill that, you know, like, wow, there's an opportunity here to make money. And Mm -hmm. I never worked, you know, like I wasn't working. I think at that same time, I started my first ever job while I was a freshman in college. And it was a seasonal job at Party City during, you know, Halloween time where costumes are hot, you know. So um, what that translated into, though, was me starting my, you know, monetizing my own personal brand and aligning myself with uh, a team of individuals that was either four or five of us. I'm pretty sure it was five of us. And we just partnered up and we threw amazing, amazing events for three plus years in multiple locations. And it resulted in us working with the likes of 50 Cent and Fetty Wap and Jadakiss, Bacho, Ja Rule, um, you name it, we worked with them and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, and obviously at a, at a certain point that ran from about 17 to 24 years old. Now at 26, I don't necessarily do those type of things just because, or I, I kind of isolated myself from that industry just because like I am trying to have a family. I am trying to, you know, um, get married and, and have children and things of that nature. So that type of lifestyle doesn't necessarily mesh with mm-hmm. what my future goals are now, but from the time being, you know, during that time span, absolutely amazing business absolute amazing income i'll keep it real like we made a shit ton of money uh like yeah just amazing network opportunity it was it was really really something that paid off for me in life nice and so we've talked a lot um so far about the fun stuff the pretty stuff the good stuff but now i want to take a you know shift gears a bit and talk about the misadventures right so along that journey could you talk to me about one of the craziest or the most recent misadventures that you've had um with your business and entrepreneurial path there's so many to choose from (laughs) so many to choose from so it's hard to narrow it down to one but what i'll do is i'll categorize it into one and it'll be in the realm of academia you know in regards to schooling i sucked at school like (laughs) I I keep it so real, like 
thinking back all the way to elementary school, I was always in the principal's office. I was literally, I had to sit in the front for disciplinary reasons, you know, just like so bad with grades. And it wasn't that I was dumb. Like I'm, I'm not dumb. I know I'm not dumb, but it was in regards to just being bored with what I was doing and mm-hmm. goofing off. And that, that translated all throughout my, you know, I have a college degree, you know, like I didn't stop at elementary school, but I didn't get into any high schools straight up. Uh, the only thing that I will say got me into a high school was the fact that I played baseball and basketball. I'm six mm-hmm. foot five. I'm athletic. You know, well, at that point I was athletic. I can't say I'm athletic <laughs> anymore. But I, I literally didn't get into a high school. Uh, after the graces of my network getting me into a private school that I wanted to attend, I, got, I was on the verge of getting kicked out after one year. So I left. Then the second high school I went, which was way better for uh, sports and things of that nature. I got kicked out during my senior year. Uh, but listen, it didn't Dang. even stop in high school, you know, like it went into college and in college I failed out. Uh, I was on academic probation for over a year and a half due to the fact that I was cutting class. You know, I never knew what it was like to cut class. So I was cutting classes. So oh, I think that was like the, the most impactful one. It was just like, damn, like I, all of that happened to me yet. I still am where I am today, but yeah, I think that that was like the most impactful because it was over a, a course of a course of time, you know, it just wasn't just like one time. It was over all of my academic, you know, uh, my, my whole academic tenure. Nice. And and what would you say like that educational slash like school experience um, did to impact your entrepreneurial journeys? Were you like skipping school to, to, to go to produce like events? Because that kind of sounded like it the timeline kind of overlapped in, in a bit. Could you like talk about that? Like how it directly impacted the entrepreneurship part of your life and experiences? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're a hundred percent true. You're a hundred percent correct. Um, at, at points, like the lifestyle I was living, I thought that I didn't need school, you know? So when mm-hmm. I was in college, per, you know, let, let's just talk about college. I was, working a job and owning that business and monetizing my personal brand. So the money that was coming in, I'm like, damn, like, why do I need to go to school if I'm making this much money? You know, like, I didn't know that it would be just for a short term thing. Uh, Like, I I just thought like, yo, this will never stop, you know, but at the end of the day, industries have trends and things of that nature. And I wasn't really educated on that. I was just educated on the present moment. So I'm not mad at myself for living in the present moment. But at the same time, what it, what it taught me was that it wasn't for the long term and what it resulted in, which is what you're looking for, was the fact that I just felt like I didn't need school. And, you know, listen, you're only allowed to miss a couple of, uh, couple of classes before you get that, you know, that failing grade. And I didn't understand that either. So uh, I was definitely taking full advantage of that. And I was more so focused on, hey, let's just make money. Let's uh, go to the bank instead of going to classes and deposit this money because sometimes it was cash, you know, like I was just more so focused on seeing my bank account increase as opposed to uh, playing the long game and getting that college degree as a safety net and actually learning because I did learn in college. I can't say I didn't learn in college. And yeah, it was just, uh, I let it take control of me. I let my business run me as opposed to me running my business. Oh, fire. Yeah, I heard that. Don't let your business run you. You got to run the business. Um, and I know, you know, if folks are watching the video and for, for those who may be listening on the podcast, they'll be seeing like a bunch of books in your background. So you say you, you weren't that good with like school and like academia, but 
I know you're like are a lifelong learner. So can you talk about, you know, teaching yourself how to be disciplined by reading and like um, learning on your own? Can we talk a little bit about that part of your journey and like what got you interested in like reading and like how um, any reading habits that you have that you think would be beneficial for um, us to hear? Yeah, 100 percent, you know, and I think I'm still trying to figure all of this stuff out, you know, like I, I don't have any perfect answer. Totally. I feel like I, every day is just a day for me to learn more and more what works for me and what doesn't. And this is a conversation I was having last night. When I first picked up a book, I remember I was working at, uh, I was delivering for a pizzeria slash restaurant. And on top of that, I was still running the business. I think I was working like another job here and there. I'll be pretty transparent. I think I was even selling weed, you know, like (laughs) hustler. Hustling, you know, keeping it real. I was just hustling. And I remember that I just felt like I was stuck and granted my bank account was nice. Like I'm going to keep it real. My bank, it it was nice. Like working all these jobs, it was nice, but I felt like where I was, wasn't progressing, you know, Mm. financially was progressing, but from a mental standpoint and from this standpoint, that standpoint, I just was, I felt like I was stuck. So I remember I was working one night I was delivering pizza and I was closing up. It was probably like 10 PM. We closed at 11 and I Googled best business books to read and three books came up. It was an article and it was thinking grow rich, uh, how to win friends and influence people. And like the magic of thinking big, you know, like three books popped up and I'm like, all right, cool. How to win friends and influence people was the one that stood out to me the most. So I Google searched where I could get it. And there was a Barnes and Noble just like 10, 15 minutes from where I was working and they happened to be open till midnight. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get this book tonight. So I went, drove over there, got it. And I started to read it that night. And I'm just like, is this what I've been missing this whole time? Like I was so set on the notion that what I read in textbooks Mm -hmm. was the same thing I would read in these type of books. And when I realized that it was nowhere near the same, I was like, I need to start reading more. And as you could see from behind me, like Mm -hmm. I read a ton, like I read a ton. Like it is one of my favorite things to do on a day-to-day basis because it's mentorship from individuals that are where you want to be in life. You know, like obviously there's some books I read and I was just like, eh, you know, but (laughs) others were just like dope, you know? And I think that's what triggered it. It was one, the, the fact that I felt stuck and wanted to, again, create something for myself. You know, the whole, create notion that we talked about earlier. And I knew that I would be able to create uh, more educational experiences for myself by reading. And I, and I did that. It was just the fact that I wanted to strive for more. Nice, nice. And, and I think what I want to hit up on is that you just started slow, right? You didn't know um, all of the books off the back of your hand. You went to Google because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So you went and got a recommendation from a platform. Maybe at that time, you didn't know anyone that you could directly text and say, hey, can you give me a book recommendation? Or maybe that wouldn't have been as impactful as saying, okay, I want to pursue this thing. The internet is there. It's a pool of information. Let me look it up and just take a chance and see, okay, this is what I found. I'm going to take a test, read it. If it works, then I'll continue to read, but just exposing yourself to things that you might not be as familiar with and just challenging yourself to take that leap of faith and saying, hey, I'm going to, I want more. I want to strive for more and I'm going to figure out how at my current level I can get that more. Um, And then going after it, just like taking baby steps is really the key. 
And another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, you were talking in the beginning about working with um, Damon John. So could you tell us about how you got that opportunity and um, what's like the biggest lesson that you learned from working with him? For sure. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in fate, you know, just like the fact that I, I feel like all of us are in the position that we need to be in in life, you know, like as much as you create your own future, like, or you have the power to create your own future, like you're on a path, whether you, whether you believe it or not, like I have so many signs on a day-to-day basis that I am in the right position that I need to be in. And a perfect example is this morning after last night, I was talking to someone about going to the dentist. Like (laughs) I, I, I hate the dentist. This morning I woke up, and my freaking tooth chipped. So like, <laughs> that's just how I know I'm in the right spot at the right time. You know, like things just mesh so well. Um, but in regard to your question, you know, like I just felt like I was in the right spot at the right time. And we just talked a little bit earlier about all of my, you know, hiccups in uh, academia, right? But I also really reversed everything that was going on in that life. And I graduated with Dean's List Honors. and a whole bunch of awards and things of that nature. But, you know, when I had that, that flip of the switch per se, and I I was going for my four year degree and I was a junior at the time, I was the president of my school's entrepreneurship club, which was a CUNY school as well. I know you went to CUNY and (laughs) (laughs) so I, I was on spring break at the time. And I remember I was, I was in Dominican Republic. I'm receiving a call and it says CUNY, your college across my phone. And I'm saying to myself, as I'm sitting there with my friends, like, damn, like, I know that (laughs) I paid my college tuition. Like, why are they calling me? And I answered the phone and they said, hey, would you like to meet Damon John? He's coming to campus. And I said, okay, cool. I was one of three students to have that opportunity to meet Damon. And I was the last person to shake his hand on the day of, and he looked at me and he goes, what the hell do they teach you here? How to break people's hands? So it was kind of good (laughs) vibes off the bat. And Uh, I looked at him after our five minute conversation. I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you. Literally two months after that, I was interning for him. So um, there's more to it. I just have to say like being in the right position and putting myself in the right position and um, knowing the right people, you know, like my network really helped me get in there. Um, Long story short, the event industry that I was in, a gentleman that I knew from it happened to work with Damon and like I said, fate, right? Like everything happens. It's not coincidence. It's really not coincidence. It is a destiny. It is a plan. Um, but in regard to your second question about how uh, or what I learned from him, you know, people are a little taken back when I say this. So I'm not going to give you some crazy secret to success or anything <laughs> of that nature. But the one thing I learned from him that really stands out to me today, and I'm so grateful for this, is the fact that I learned how to remain calm. You know, um, a lot of personally, I'm not even gonna say a lot of people myself, I am not antsy. I'm not like on edge all the time, but I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I think that's one of the best, the best ways to put it. Right. And when money's involved and friendships are involved and, uh, you know, just a whole bunch of shits involved. Like I, I get a little emotional, I'm an emotional type of guy. And one thing I noticed with him one day we were sitting in a meeting and there was one side of the meeting arguing about something in the middle of the table with another side arguing about <laughs> that as well. And we were just on different sides and he was right there in the middle and he was just chilling. And I'm like, 
how are you chilling right now? You know, like this is one of my first meetings with him. And I'm just like, what are you doing to make you like that? And (laughs) what it, what it really showed me was just like businesses and brain surgery, you know, like your business is going to be there tomorrow. So in regards to any entrepreneur that feels like they need to wake up at 5am and go to sleep at 3am, like work will be there for you tomorrow. Trust me. Like, you know, all of these things really just started to hit home. And I felt like that was the biggest takeaway because I felt like I was living, I guess, on edge, you know, and when I, when I saw the way he would act and obviously this carried over more than one time in different meetings and different situations and he was just chilling, he was speaking here and then speaking here and then going on this press outlet and I'm with him and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm stressed. How are you not stressed? You know? (laughs) So just the fact to remain calm, like whatever's going to happen again, and it ties into the whole faith thing. It's like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen regardless. Like just, just go with it, you know? Yeah. And I could definitely resonate with that. And it just all again, ties back into what you were saying in the beginning, right? Don't let the business run you like run the business. And so often we see so many entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs that are in, you know, the social media era, the online digital era that will burn themselves out continuously chasing this dream and feeling like they're running out of time. But it's like chasing the dream and burning yourself out is what is going to make you run out of time. It's going to, what's going to make you get ill or hurt yourself or lose your mind literally from not getting enough rest. So just knowing that, you know, I'm just feeling confident and saying, okay, I know what I'm doing. Even if I mess up a bit, I could always fix it. There's always going to be some type of alternate route to take. I'm just going to do my best today, go to bed, wake up tomorrow and do my best again. Um, exactly. So definitely keeping that in mind and acting up on that and not thinking, oh no, I have to work twice as hard. Um, working hard is definitely important, but also being mindful that just continuously working hard will not get you the results that you need. You also have to like work smart with that. And that, that comes with, you know, meditating, exercising, taking breaks, sleeping at night, like literally sleeping at night, not, um, midnighting it sometimes you know it gets a little crazy but that shouldn't be your norm that should be oh i have like a crazy huge project and i just want to finish this one thing and i'm gonna stretch it for this little you know a week or so but that should not be your norm for months and weeks at a time definitely not um we're getting to the end of the interview but i wanted to ask you about what's next like what what are your goals for for 2019 and 2020 because you know 2020 is coming up it's a really big year and it's just always been like everyone's like oh 2020 is coming um (laughs) winter is coming (laughs) and it's just a really big year for um a lot of different groups statistics world shifts just a lot of different things and so what do you hope to achieve in the next um 12 months 18 months as we approach 2020 Yeah, no, for sure. That's a great question. I think, um, you know, a couple goals that I set out for myself over the course of 2019, one of them being that I wanted to speak 100 times publicly. You know, I I tell myself that all the time, like, I want 100 public speaking engagements this year. And again, a very tall task, right? What is that? It's almost like one every three days, almost, you know, like, it's a lot, but uh, I'm striving for that. And I'm getting close to hitting it. I can't lie. I'm definitely getting close to hitting nice. it. Um, in March, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this now because 
I am literally all over. I'm in Florida. I'm in Texas. I'm in Minnesota, North Dakota, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. So like I'm literally all over. And on that note of the states that I'm mentioning, I also set out to speak in 48 states. So I'm not going to go to Alaska or Hawaii, but (laughs) (laughs) who knows, right? Don't leave your options open. If somebody's like, Hey, we have a summit going on in Hawaii, all expenses paid, hotel, you know, coconuts and pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I would take it. If it was offered, I would definitely take it. But, you know, that's another goal. Like, I really want to um, spread myself wide um, and, and cast the wide net and speak to uh, whether it's students or corporations, whatever the case is. I would love to speak in all for, well, 48 states, not all 48, but 48 states. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I want to be the first ever entrepreneur in residence at my college, which is your college, again, a CUNY school in Jamaica, Queens. Uh, I just feel like what I, I just don't want the entrepreneurial community or the entrepreneurial spirit or whatever you want to refer to it as. I don't want it to die there, you know, mm-hmm. so um you know, the club that I was president of, it actually, uh, it's no longer there, which, you know, mm-hmm. hurts to hear because of what we were able to create over the course of the tenure that I was there. So that hurt me a little bit. And I, I, I try and keep myself involved there. And um, I would just love to, to, you know, make that happen and be able to uh, create or, you know, build uh, an entrepreneurial presence. And it kind of ties into the other goals that I have in regard to legacy, you know, and I, I really want the business school of that college to be named after me. Sounds a little Ow. selfish, but Go ahead. Listen, <laughs> aim, like, high. aim high, aim high. <laughs> you know, like it, there's no business, there's no name to it, you know? So like, why not me? You know, and that's <laughs> the attitude I have. Going it. It's like, all right, I want to prove, you know, prove a point and, you know, set that standard for myself and for the school. Uh, on top of that, another legacy goal that re- revolves around that school is uh, speaking at the commencement, the graduation commencement. Like, I'm all for doing that. And I'm not saying they had wax speakers in the past, but they had wax speakers in the past. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, I'm all for like making those things happen. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple more in regards to financial goals and travel goals. I love traveling because I feel like travel results in a lot of growth. So I want to go see five new countries this year. Uh, you know, a lot of personal things, you know, just, just like you always say, getting shit done. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, um, just, you know, leaving some inspiration with those that are out there and motivation, what would you advise uh, fellow entrepreneurs, folks that might be stuck, folks that might be out here doing the most um, to continue doing or to start doing as a part of like their daily routine? So I'm going to keep it so simple right now, and I'm going to keep it to just a few words. But if everyone can believe in the mantra that life is not happening to you, life is happening for you, life will change for you. <laughs> snap <laughs> snap that's poetry right there awesome awesome yeah so thank you so so much for being here today with us matt um guys if you want to find more information about him it will be in the comment section and the show notes so matt do you have any links you want to drop real quick before we head out well first and foremost i w- again want to say thank you and show my gratitude express my gratitude for the opportunity to chop it up with you i'm definitely grateful for the opportunity so thank you to you um <laughs> but you. uh yeah i'm all over listen you can find me on my website it's just my name mattlabrice.com i'm all over every instagram and twitter and facebook and linkedin it's just my name matt Labrie. you could find me very easily nice nice guys we will catch you for the next episode of doing the most the midst of adventures of entrepreneurship 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.